I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. Meatwood, hey. how, are, how are you today? I'm good. I have a sad story. Oh, for oh, you. so quickly. Yes, I'm ready. to me. Okay. It's not that sad. Oh. But it is. Well, don't downplay it. It's sad for me. Give us the story. Uh, Andrew WK. Yes. Got rid of all of his social media accounts. Oh, no. Which means he no longer follows me on Twitter. Damn it. <laughs> so my one celebrity claim to fame. Your one reason for even using Twitter. He's gone. <laughs> I can't be like, Andrew WK follows me on Twitter because he doesn't have one anymore. Did he and uh, Kat Dennings split up? No. Oh. I don't think so. I feel like that's the reason people get rid of their social media is when they go through a breakup. I think that's the reason that normal people get rid of social media. I think Andrew yeah. WK is anything but normal. That's and fair. he has his own crazy reasons for doing the things that he does. Yeah. But as far as I know, they're still together, getting married soon. Yeah. Which is adorable because it I is. love both of them so much. Have you heard the rumor that Andrew WK is like a not bunch of people. the same person every time? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Every story that I've ever heard about him sounds true and plausible and also incredible. Like the story that... He just hasn't aged. Which yeah, I mean, he you looks know. different. He does, but he doesn't look... He doesn't look older, older. He just looks different. He just looks different. Yeah. That might be true. I heard a story one time that he, no, that a bunch of people were getting into an argument on the Andrew WK message boards. Yeah. And then the admins had to come and like block them all. And when they went and blocked them, they realized it was all coming from the same IP address. And then they figured out it was just Andrew WK <laughs> arguing with himself on his own message boards oh my and God. got banned. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds like something he would do. It does. Yeah. So. Um, I'm just. <laughs> we hung up a bunch of acoustic tiles in their, uh, in our pod cave to help with the sound. Uh-huh. And they're all just slowly <laughs> falling off the just wall as down. we record. This, this is our entertainment for March Sadness. Yeah, it's fine. We're just going to be. If you hear us chuckling, it's because for no reason. It's the wall, another cube has fallen down. It's like maybe it's because they are expanding. Maybe we should have let them. Maybe breathe. Yeah, I don't know. We can. I gotta get my hot glue gun back for my parents. Maybe we can glue them. That's a good idea. To the walls. Yeah, or we can use gorilla glue. Yeah, I didn't ever watch Seinfeld, but there's I, there are like bits and pieces in my brain from when my parents watched it. And yeah. there's an episode where somebody is moving. I think Elaine is in charge of moving somebody, her boss or somebody like that, and she labels all of oh, his yeah. stuff with a label maker, mm. and then all the labels fall off in the moving truck. Oh, no. That's all I, all I remember is the scene inside of the moving truck, and the labels are all just like one by one falling off of the boxes, and that's what it reminds me of. That's what's happening right now, one by one. A, yeah, a tile will just go, boop, it just gives up. <laughs> <laughs> it's It's probably fine. I think they are expanding. They look fluffier. 
They do. What do I know? Who knows? God, we are <laughs> not shit. learning this one day at a time. One mistake at a time. Yeah. And we're doing great. We the are. The fact that we haven't given up and run for the hills, <laughs> honestly, yeah. is inspiring. It inspires me to keep going. <laughs> I inspire myself. You inspire me. <laughs> it's inspirational. Anyway, I'm bummed. About Andrew WK? Yeah. What does the WK stand for? Uh, He has a hyphenated last name. Oh. That's like something. Mm. I think. Andrew wears khakis. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Andrew washes... Like... Khakis. <laughs> kangaroos. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like... Wilkes. Wilkes Booth. <laughs> Wilkes Crier. Oh. Andrew Federally Wilkes Crier. Federally? Mm hmm. Federally. Federally. Oh. T T E R L Y, not <laughs> federally. Federally. Not like the government. It's <laughs> like, what a wacky name. <laughs> federally. <laughs> anyway, I guess we should start the show as best as we can. Yeah, Might what well. show? What show is this? Where are we? It's called Replay Rewind. Oh, it's a movie about podcasts. It's a movie about podcasts. Oh my god, I'm losing it. <laughs> We've only been here for ten minutes. <laughs> it's a podcast about movies from the '90s and before, like kids' movies that we watched when we were kids, and what we remember about them. Sorry, it's my first day. <laughs> hey, yeah, no, you're doing great. Proud of you. Anyway, we pick a movie that we watched when we were kids, and then we talk about what we remember happening, and then we watch it, and then we talk about what actually happened, and then we talk about some fun trivia. And you, dear listener, have found yourself, unfortunately, smack dab in the middle of March Sadness, <laughs> where we picked the saddest movies that we could think of, that we could think of, and we're watching them chronologically. So this mm -hmm. week, we're talking, we're, we're in the 80s. <sighs> anyway, I'm Meat Wedge. I'm Bucket Snake. I have something funny to say. Oh, okay, good. You know what? I don't even have a question. I was just thinking of Spoonerisms because you said that backwards. Mm, mm hmm And I heard one on a podcast I was listening to today, but it was a very serious podcast, so like, I don't think anyone noticed because it was in the middle of something serious. Mm hmm And the lady said, and then he just switched his flip. <laughs> and then they just kept talking. Oh, no. And I was like... <laughs> oh no <laughs> i wonder if it was is that a spoonerism oh i when don't know. switch the words or is it just oh. the letters i don't know but either way they crack me up i think a spoonerism is just when you switch the first letters or like consonant sounds oh, okay not just the words of a word which i i think i've said on the podcast the worst one that i ever accidentally yes you did yeah more tween meets Tween meets. Yep. <laughs> I was watching mean tweets. Anyway, yeah, I don't know what you call that, but there's there is, I know there's a word for when you mix up sayings too. Like, yeah. Oh, like when you mess up like an idiom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, like it has the word mal in it. Like what? It's probably called a Rickyism, like from Trailer <laughs> Park Boys. Yes. Because he says it's water under the fridge. You get two birds stoned at once. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now something unrelated is falling. <laughs> Are we in a melting cave? Anyway, speaking of caves, 
this week we're talking about Grave of the Fireflies and Meat Wedge hasn't seen it. So I haven't seen it. I went out to dinner with my friend Chris the other day mm-hmm. who go listen to his podcast. What's it called? Friends with Benefits. Shut up. You have to take this out because I just <laughs> I blanked on it. Friends with Benefits. And he asked me if I had ever seen it and I said no. And he just turned into the human version of that gif where that lady's like, oh, honey, you got a big storm coming. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. So I know I know that it's very sad. I imagine far and away this will be the saddest movie that we talk about this month. Yeah, probably. So. Yeah. Uh yay. <laughs> yeah. Uh at least things are falling apart around us. Yeah. This is as a joyous thing. I know uh, how I feel inside of my brain. Do you want me to tell you about it? I mean, I guess that's the point of the podcast. I'm supposed to talk about what I remember. Yeah. Because I, I don't remember a ton of details. And I think that's... Um, I actually heard the reason that sometimes you can't make m- new memories is when you're going through a trauma. So <laughs> I think that's why I don't remember all the details of the movie. Oh, because your brain was just like, nope. Not saving Water that. Water off a duck's back. We are... That is just yep. straight into the garbage. I mean, yep. I can tell you what I know. Tell me what you know. There is... It's set in Japan. Mm-hmm. There's an older brother and a younger sister, and yeah. they're orphans, or yeah. their parents have died. That's the same thing. Um, they were recently orphaned. Yeah, yeah, and not just like always orphaned. Okay, yeah. So it's fresh. Yeah, and he is taking care of her, and they do they both die at the end? Yeah, they yeah. like starve to death. Yeah, and they're eating rocks yeah that's what i know they're not yeah. eating them but they're like putting them in their mouths to try and to not to pretend they're not hungry yep i think i mean i know that yeah it's that during world war ii and they're living in a cave Ooh. because they had to run because everything was destroyed right. and they just are living out in the middle of nowhere in a cave yeah. basically and the it's a miyazaki movie right and a lot of his movies deal with heavy stuff Mm -hmm. but there's always like a silver lining Mm -hmm. or there's like you know a lot of like humor mixed in Mm -hmm. there's always a happy ending Uh in some way this is just sad like beginning to end just sad cool yeah great yeah (laughs) this that is the reason i have never watched this movie i know but it's march sadness yeah we signed up for this we signed up for it but i do think you know it is an important thing for like the story to be told because i'm certain that this happened to more than one person during world war ii you know so it's just we should talk about it yeah we have to look at it yeah they they deserve their story to be heard even if it's not about a specific you know person but it's gonna be sad yeah it's gonna be rough yep we're gonna have a hard time yeah we will probably cry (laughs) cry (laughs) maybe maybe i'll try out crying for the first time (laughs) I've heard that it's cathartic. Yeah. I wouldn't know. No. Haven't cried since last March. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Neat. Oh, isn't there also something about like a box that one of them is carrying? Or, oh, like maybe. he keeps telling her like, yeah, cool things are in this and then it just ends up being empty. I don't know. Did I make that up? Something about like he keeps telling her a story about this like box that they have to kind of like keep her going. Mm-hmm. 
but then there's not anything in it. Oh, I that, don't remember. If that's true, that's even more sad. Yeah. For- just I know the burden of like a child just by virtue of being older, having to take care of another child is yeah. so sad. Yeah, just that idea by itself and then throwing in all the other things. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the only scene that I really distinctly remember is just they are doing their laundry and they just like hang their laundry out to dry outside the cave. I don't yeah. know why. It's just like, because it's still, again, Miyazaki, it's beautifully animated. Yeah. You know, and it's really nice to look at. Yeah. But then you're just like, uh uh-huh. <laughs> You've so beautifully illustrated my sadness. Yes. Great. Uh-huh. Anyway. Anyway. Let's go watch it. Well, all right. Okay. okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Your Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Well, that was a fucking devastating movie. Yes. I felt... Devastated. uh, Devastated. Hollowed out. Destroyed. Sad. Depressed. Yeah. Did a lot of weeping. Yeah. Jesus wept, except it was me. (laughs) Buckets wept. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking sad. The IMDb says a young boy and his little sister struggled to survive in Japan during World War II. They sure do. Yeah. Struggle. And uh, how do they do at it? Not great. <laughs> Poorly. It turns out. A young boy. Which actually, his... yeah, I was going to say that's not even. Yeah. A young boy and his little sister fail to survive. Fail to survive. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Usually uh... that would be jumping ahead, but honestly, the first scene, we're like, that kid is dead. Yeah. And oh, there's a ghost. <laughs> he died. <laughs> and then he just died. <laughs> he just died. I Ten seconds in. cried so much watching this movie, and I need the audience to know that all of my laughter while we talk about it is nervous. Is a defense sad. mechanism. <laughs> Defensive laughter. Yes. Ha ha. <laughs> Laugh to keep from crying. Yes, as exactly. Um, yeah, like we said, for the first we meet, first character we meet is the ghost of a little boy. Yeah, and you know what? He looks happy and healthy, <laughs> at least he in does. ghost form. Yeah. 
At least they didn't have to. Make they his... weren't ghosts as they died. Oh, that's true. Because that would have oh. been really awful. Yeah. Um, but he's looking at his own body in the subway, and it starts out, and it's a, it gives a date in September 1949, and says that was the day that I died. And that says 45. Is it five or nine? Oh no, 45. Sorry. Okay. And then so the the little the flesh and blood little boy in the train station is just like skin and bones, and he's just sitting there, and he looks so rough, just dirty and skinny and sad and everybody is just walking around him yeah and saying how disgraceful it is that he's there and that he's in the way and yeah. like gross and doesn't he have anywhere to go one person like brings him some food and sets it down next to him but he's too dead it's too far yeah, yeah he's too far gone and then later that night some dudes come down to clean out the subway and a guy pokes him with a stick and is like oh this one's dead well found another one yeah, there's a there's a bunch of kids and like people kind of scattered around. And yeah, they poke him and he's like, oh, he died. And then they poke another one. They're like, oh, this one's dead, too. You know, you can see it like uh. in their eyes or whatever. It's really awful. And then the guy who poked him is like going through his stuff, going yeah. through his pockets and finds this square tin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he shakes it and he can hear something rattling around so he opens it up and dumps it into his hand and he looks at the other guy that's working and he's like what is this yeah and the guy's like i don't know just throw it away just dirt yeah yeah so he chucks it out into a field where some bones fall out of it ah! and some ashes and then that causes a bunch of fireflies to fly up and then we see the ghost of a tiny little girl in a very cute little headscarf yep and she sees the little boy's dead body and she starts walking towards it. But then he puts his hand on her shoulder and she's like, oh, it's you. Oh, and you're here. They go off together. Yeah. And, and you know what? That's it. The end. And they smile. It's just a 45 second short. And, <laughs> and we're out. He hands her. He like picks up the rusted old tin. And when he picks it up, it becomes like new. It looks new again. And he hands it to her and they walk off together. Yeah. No. Their little ghost selves have gotten on a train and she asks him to open the tin and he does and they share the little fruit snacks together. Mm-hmm. But behind them in the sky we see bombs being dropped and everything gets brighter and brighter and brighter until we switch scenes to a soldier ushering people into shelters as the air raid sirens are going off. The little boy, so this has gone back in time. Yeah, they're watching the events of their life unfold as they're riding on this train. Right. To heaven, I assume. Better fucking be. Right. <laughs> I don't they deserve. Know that I believe in heaven, except for those two. Except for these two children. And dogs. Yes. <laughs> All dogs, as it turns out. Yes, even Carface. <laughs> anyway, we see the air raid sirens going off, the soldier ushering people... And that same little boy who is alive is burying things in a hole in the ground. In the ground, and his mom says that she's going to go ahead and head to the shelter. Mm-hmm. And he asks her if she has her medicine, and she says yes. And then she says, "Tell Setsuko to be good and listen to her brother," and heads out. Yeah, it's kind of you know they're not like super pressed about it. They're no, like, "Yeah, the air raid sirens going off. Done it before. I guess I'll go to the shelter." Yeah, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll be right behind you. Whatever." And they're still, like, they're moving quickly, but they're not panicking. Yeah. But so Setsuko climbs up on Seito's back, and he just, like, ties her on, which yeah. is really cute. I know. And then he's kind of running around the house, like, getting important stuff. He takes a picture of their dad out of a frame and puts mm-hmm. it in his pocket. And then he goes and, like, 
It's like he grabs one of his coats, his dad's coats, it looks like. But yeah. then he's like, never mind. And he just leaves it. He seems to be a little like Frazzled. he can't decide what's important. Yeah. And eventually he I think he just kind of ends up leaving everything. But so they go outside and then they hear like a whistle of something falling and dropping to the ground. And they mm-hmm. go look and it's just these like little canisters that are like kind of on fire, but they're yeah. not doing anything. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, maybe they're just like duds. Mm hmm. So he starts to walk down the street, but then the little things just start exploding and the houses start catching on fire. Hooray. Yeah. How fun. (sighs) It's a napalm strike. Great. Great. So then there's just people panicking, going everywhere, and they're all running in uh, the opposite direction from where Seta and Setsuko were trying to go. And he tries to, like, walk against all these people for a while, and then he just gives up and turns around and starts running with them. Yeah. And obviously everybody's freaking out. And they run all the way to the coast, and they're just kind of they're on the beach and then they go to one of those like big drain pipes that's like sticking out of the side of the dirt yeah that dumps water into the ocean Mm -hmm. that's probably fine yeah yeah and he sets his little sister down in there yeah i guess do you think it was just that they realized they didn't have time to make it to the shelter so this was closer it must have been yeah Yeah. well while they're there everything is on fire Mm -hmm. there are more and more planes flying overhead Setsuko asks where their mom is and Seita says, well, she's probably in the shelter and we'll go meet her in a little bit. Yeah, once it's safe to walk yeah. down there. So Setsuko's just like, I lost a shoe. I know. <laughs> and he's like, I'll buy you a new shoe. Yeah. So it starts raining and they're like, well, I guess it's okay for now. And so they start going to check out the town and kind of walking towards the shelter to meet their mom but everything is gone. Yeah. And we see like there are some soldiers' bodies just like charred in the rubble and there are people huddled together in little groups and some people are carrying wounded people on stretchers like out, you know, from underneath buildings and stuff. Yeah. And then a guy rides through the town and is telling everyone, hey, go down to the elementary school for first aid. That's where we're all meeting. Yeah. And so the kids head that way. Yeah. This part is hard to watch anyway, but I was just like, there's no military base here. Like, why? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a town. Yep. They're just normal people that live here. Like, why are we attacking normal people? Yeah. America. War, it turns out, is dumb. (sighs) What is it good for? (laughs) But while they're there, Setsuko is getting checked out and a woman comes up and tells Seita that his mother has been injured. And she's like, I'll stay with your sister. You need to go see her. Mm Mm-hmm. So as as he's running that way, a soldier greets him by name and takes him to see her, which also gives like the impression that this is a small town because everybody knows each other yeah. really well. And as this soldier is leading Seita to find his mom, he gives him his mom's ring and is like, this is her ring, right? Yeah. Because this was the only way that they could identify her. Yep. Because once we see her body, she is bandaged and bloodied from the waist up. Yeah, her legs don't look too good either, but the top half of her is covered in bandages yeah including her face yeah she just has little eye holes and a little mouth hole yeah and that's it and she's, she's not moving asleep yeah yeah it's pretty gross the guy is like your mom's gonna need to be in a real hospital you know this is just <laughs> she's in a science class right now she mm-hmm. needs to be in a for real hospital so you know, he's like, hopefully we can get her there soon so that she can get taken care of and get better. And then Seta goes outside and finds his sister and gives her the ring for safekeeping. And, you know, he tells her that mom's been hurt and they're going to go stay. They're going to sleep at the school that night and then they're going to go find their aunt, who is their dad's sister. 
mm-hmm. and stay with her for a while. Yeah. Because she lives near the hospital where their mom will be taken to. Yes. Yeah. And Seto, like, gives her some lunch because they've got, like, lunch rations being passed out. And he, like, gives it to her. And then he kind of walks off to go eat it. And she- Setsuko is just standing there by herself with no shoes on, trying not to cry and then failing. And she just kind of crouches into She doesn't sit down, which I think would make it less sad. But yeah. she's just, like crouching yeah she like hunches down into herself and crying and she's just all alone on the playground because they're at the elementary school and oh my god it hurt my feelings so bad yeah i was uh yeah good start yeah yeah so seta is like setsuko watch and starts doing flips he's like i'm really good at this yeah (laughs) she's just not paying attention she's like i i'm sad because she's five and she's crying so then uh, their mom dies. Uh-huh. And she looks real gross. She immediately, I guess, got, like, bandaged up and, like, then all the flies and maggots. Yeah, they're just, just... crawling around on her. And the yeah. guy, like, explains to Seta, he's like, you know, I haven't even taken the bandage off. I haven't, like, changed them at all. But, like, you don't want to see what she looks like under there. Like, just trust. Yeah. And we, like, we see, like, a little bit of her arm bandages have come off and her skin is just, like, black and flaky and, like, she's all pink under it. It's really nasty. So he's like, you just, just don't even worry about it. Yeah. But he's like, we have to take her out of here right away because it's so hot. That it's just going to keep getting. Yeah. yeah. It's going to get super nasty. So they put her body on a trunk and then they have to just take her and throw her in a pile and they set them all on fire because there's just too many bodies to deal with Uh, and it's really sad it's so sad so then Setsuko and Seita get on a train to go where their aunt lives and they get off at the station there Seita has a wooden box with him that he hides in the bushes which it's kind of obvious but it's their mom's ashes yeah sort of it's some ashes from a mass grave the pile right yeah (laughs) it's someone's ashes but when he gets to their aunt's house he's like yeah you know our mother's still in the hospital because he doesn't want his sister to know that she's dead he's not ready to tell her yet yeah yeah so their aunt lays out beds for them seita goes to their room to see setsuko who is confused she's like doesn't mom need her ring like why do i have it she should have it with her yeah and seita's like listen you know when she's better we'll go see her and you can give it back to her Mm mm-hmm and after she falls asleep, he goes outside to get the box. Yeah. Box O ashes. Yep. So now it's daytime and we see people in this like ruined village town that they used to live in, um, including Seta, who are just kind of rummaging through the destruction. And he goes to where their house was and digs up the box that he buried and puts all the stuff that he finds in this hole on a big cart, except for this tin of fruit drops that he puts in his pocket. And he takes it back to their aunt's house. And she goes through all the stuff and she's like, wow, you know, you brought me so many things. There's pickled plums in here, which sounds really gross. Yeah, he eats one out of it when he digs them up and he makes like the most sour face. But then he's like happy. Yeah, (laughs) you can tell before he eats it. He's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And he's like, ooh. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah, he's brought back all kinds of things. And his aunt is like, how's your mom? Is she doing better? And he doesn't say anything, but he makes a face. Yeah. And she goes, oh, no, how bad? And then Seta's like, she didn't make it. She didn't even make it to the hospital. She died at the school. And she's, like, kind of mad. She's like, why didn't you say something? You know, I was 
I don't, I don't even know. Why, di- why didn't you tell me? And he's like, yeah. well, I just didn't want Tetsuko to, found out, to find out. Mm. But then his aunt is kind of like, well, what are you going to do? She's like, better make sure to write your father and let him know. Yeah. And uh, Sage is like, okay. And then a lady just shows up with Setsuko and no one introduces themselves. So it's just like. No, this okay. is the second person that we've met that like. They don't say anything. They're not like, hi, I'm from the whatever. Like yeah. the lady at the school who was like, oh, Saita, your mom's been hurt. She's over there. It's like, who are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> eh, uh-huh. Not important. And this lady just has that to go. I don't know who she is. <laughs> I guess maybe it's the niece. Oh, that it's lives their cousin. there. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, she's got new shoes. Yay. Yay. But yeah, they don't, she doesn't introduce herself, so I don't know. No. Yeah. So later that night, Saita and Setsuko take a walk. And Seita catches his sister a firefly, but she accidentally squishes it because she grabs it too hard. Yeah. And then they walk down to a pond where there are fireflies everywhere. Yeah. And Seita tells her to close her eyes and <laughs> open her mouth. Uh-huh. And then he, like, gets one of the fruit drop candies out of his pocket that he had saved and puts it in her mouth. Yeah. And she's so happy about so it. It's excited. so cute. Fruit drops. It's very cute. So then later... Some other day, we see Seita and Setsuko hanging out in their room, being bored because it's raining. And their aunt comes in. She's like, sticks her head in the room. She's like, Seita, don't you have to go to school or something? And he's like, well, my school was exploded. Yeah. And also the part-time job that I had was exploded. Yeah. He, so... I think he was working at a factory, probably making war stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah. He's just like, e- e- all of the things in my life have been burned down, so I don't really have anywhere to go. So no, I'm just hanging out here. Yeah. And she's like, hmm, well, did you write to your dad and tell him about your mom? And Seita's like, yeah, like 10 days ago when it happened. Yeah. I just haven't heard back. And his aunt is like, well, that's weird. (laughs) Well, that's weird. Yeah. She's just a very uh, brusque lady. Yeah. We didn't mention it, but even um, when they went on that walk and caught the fireflies and ate candy and stuff, when they got back, their aunt was like, where have you been? Yeah. It's like, you don't want them here. Right. And then you're mad when they're not here. Mean to them. I don't get it. (laughs) I don't understand. Rude. Yeah. So they're at dinner that night and the boarder who is staying. Yeah. I thought it was their uncle, but it's just some guy. Yeah. The, I think the, their aunt has just like a boarder staying there. Yeah. To probably make a little money. Right. But he's explaining that every time a factory goes down, the other factories have to take over and try and make up for that work. Right. And it's getting harder and harder to meet any demands because supply lines, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's war. Mm-hmm. Food is getting harder to come by. Yeah. And while they're eating, the air raid sirens go off again. Yes. Yeah. And then we see all these people just kind of crammed into a shelter together. And we overhear some people talking about Seita and Setsuko and how sad it is that, you know, they're so young and their mom has died. And The only nice people in the whole movie. Right. But then we see a nice day and Seita offers to take Setsuko down to the beach and they walk there together and they're playing in the waves and it's super cute. And, you know, he's like, I'll teach you how to swim and yeah. splashing around. It's very adorable. And, and she sees a crab and she's like, oh, and yeah. follows it and is like, snip, 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 yeah. snip, 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 <laughs> snip. Yes. So cute. It's so cute. Until. Until she follows the crab and finds a dead guy. And she's like, what's wrong with him? Yep. <laughs> And Seita's like, don't look at that. Just come <laughs> we'll back just over go. here. Yeah. Yep. And then Seita has this flashback of remembering playing on the beach when their mom was alive and their mom being like, hey, come in. There's lunch for you. Yeah. And they're just being a sweet, idyllic family. And it's sad. Yeah. 
because that's gone. <laughs> it's gone forever now. Uh-huh. But yeah, they're kind of daydreaming and remembering that and hanging out on the beach. But then the air raid sirens go off again. And Seita tells Setsuko that they have to head back to the house. Mm-hmm. And then we're at home, and <laughs> the way that Setsuko sleeps is so cute. It's just, like, legs askew, like, face planted into a futon mattress. She's yeah. just, like, out. Yeah. This is very cute. But she is passed out on the floor, and their aunt is telling Seita, you know, I took all of, or I took a bunch of my stuff and sold it to buy food, and that's yeah. probably what you should do. We have all these kimonos that belong to your mom, and they're useless, you know, yeah. to her, obviously, yeah. and we need the food. And Seita's like... Oh, 100%. That's a great idea. Yeah. And so the aunt's like, you know, I'll I'll just take them for you and I'll do it. Like, no worries. As long as you're okay with it, you know, I'll go and do that. And he's like, yeah, go for it. And then as she's leaving, Setsuko wakes up and grabs her and is like, no, those are mamas. You know, don't take them away. And then we get another flashback of them taking a family portrait and Setsuko, like, hugging their mom and burying her face in this kimono that their yeah. aunt is just about to go sell. And it's just like... And Seita, like, running in at the last second, just, like, cheesing. Yeah. No, Seita, like, holds his breath and stands up super straight so he looks like a soldier. And oh, then yeah. as soon as it takes the photo, he's like... <gasps> <laughs> so cute yeah it is cute it's a cute little memory yeah but we also see seita's ghost remembering this and the and like setsuko's crying like makes him upset yeah and me too yes (laughs) back at the house setsuko is holding her mom's ring while the aunt is like look seita this is how much rice we got from selling your mom's kimonos it's a lot and she gives half to seita she's like this is your Mm -hmm. portion and he's excited to have it. He's like rolling around on the ground with a like, look at how much rice we have. Yeah, it's a big old jar. Yeah, but Setsuko is sad. Yeah, she's like, I don't care. Yeah. Leave me alone. So then we get the next couple, like this all kind of smushes together and it's hard to tell like how much time has passed and what time it is. Yeah. And plus, I don't understand the difference between... <laughs> rice balls and rice porridge right me neither so i didn't understand like this next couple of scenes but we see like at a dinner meal i'm guessing later that day that setsuko is very happy that they have rice because their aunt is like is it good and she's like yeah it's so good you know thank you so much whatever and then we're at like a breakfasty type meal and setsuko's sad Mm -hmm. she's like i don't want to eat rice porridge yeah and their aunt is making rice balls and packing them up for her daughter and the border guy that lived there. Yeah. And Seita tells Setsuko, like, well, just, you know, eat your rice porridge for breakfast and we'll have rice balls for lunch. So just wait until then. Yeah. And that'll be better. So I was like, is she tired of rice? She's no. just sad. I She's think. just sad. She just doesn't <laughs> want rice porridge. But I don't know what that is. She probably just doesn't want anything. Well, that's probably true. <laughs> She's just like, I fucking hate all of this. Yeah. Don't want anything. But then their aunt is like, no, you'll be having rice porridge for lunch as well. I'm not making this lunch for you because you guys aren't contributing to anything. Yeah. You think that you can just lay around and not do any work and get the same, you know, the yeah. same treatment as everybody else. Right. Yeah. She calls him a lazy slug. Yeah. You want rice and you haven't even earned it. And then I give you rice and you complain about it. Right. And Setsuko is like, but it's our rice. Right. And then their aunt is like, oh, that's how it is, I guess. I let you live here. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go find your other relatives in Tokyo on your mom's side? Maybe they'll take you in. Yeah. And Seta's like, I don't know how to get in touch with them. Yeah. I don't know them. Yeah. 
So she, the aunt, throws a fit and is like, how about everybody just makes their own dinner from now on? How about that? Yeah. And is mean to some children whose mom just died. Yeah. So in Tokyo, which is where they go, ride the train to, Seita checks the bank to see how much money they have, which is the money that their mom had saved up, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Setsuko complains that she's hungry and thirsty, so he gives her another fruit drop. Mm -hmm. And... He tells her on the train back that their mom had 7,000 yen in the bank, so that would be a good amount to live off of for a while. Yeah, they'll be okay. They don't have to depend on their aunt. Right. So they write again to their dad, and then they go into a shop and buy like a little stove where they can make their own dinner. Mm -hmm. Setsuko is using a comb, so they just like, I'll buy you this comb. Mm -hmm. And then they get a really sad umbrella. Yes. <laughs> He's like, oh, and we need an umbrella. And the guy's like, I have one. <laughs> it's probably his own umbrella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then when they get back to their aunt's house, Seita makes dinner for himself and Setsuko like outside in this little stove that they've mm -hmm. made. And they're very happy and feeling like sufficient. Like, oh, yeah, okay. You know, she told us to make our own dinner and we're doing it. Like, yeah. We're doing a great job. And she gets mad about that, too. Yeah. She's sitting with her daughter and the boarder. And her daughter is like, did you yell at them again? Mm -hmm. and she's like yeah and you know i he went out and bought a little stove just to spite me and now he's making his own food and he still refuses to apologize for anything that he did and they're just like yeah i'm like what what why don't you sit down <laughs> and talk to him you know and explain like times is hard yeah instead of yelling at him for being upset about things yeah also what does he what are you wanting him to apologize for? Right. You know, they haven't had a discussion like that. Right. She didn't at any time ask for an apology. No. Or, or tell indicate him that something he had done was wrong necessarily, except for that, you know, he wasn't supposed to expect rice. Yeah. When she's the oldest person in this house, like she's the one who's making food for everybody. Like, right. It's just expected. I don't get what her deal is. I don't either. But after dinner. Saito lays down on the floor and Setsuko is like, you can't, that's bad manners. You can't sit like that. Like, mm -hmm. because, you know, Japanese people traditionally sit around their table on their knees. Yeah. And uh, he's like, there's no rules. Who cares? Yeah. And so she like pokes out one little foot. Yeah. From her sitting position. Right. And is like, hee hee. She's very much like, <laughs> you know, she's sitting up straight, like, yeah, with her butt, like on her feet. Mm -hmm. And then she just kind of like, meep. Just goes off to one side and, yeah, just sticks the one foot out. She's like, hey, hey. Yep. It's just like this tiny little rebellion where she's like, Setsuko is full out, or Saita is just full on, like, sprawled out on the floor. And she's yeah. like, well, I'll just one do this. foot. Yeah. <laughs> I love her. Now we see them going to get their rice rations. Yeah, because they do, I guess, like, yeah, rationing food. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From the government. But yeah. it's not as much as Saita thinks he's going to get. And then... The guy's like, yeah, that's it till July. Yeah. So he's like, oh, shit. Okay. Satsuko just has like a total meltdown on the way home, which yeah. I mean, totally fair. Yeah. And Seita's like, here, here's this tin of fruit drops. And she opens it and goes to dump one out in her hand and there's nothing. And she's just like, oh, no. Like, this is the last <laughs> straw. But he's like, hang on, hang on. And he shakes it really hard. And they like three of them fall out into her hand, but they're all stuck together. Yeah. And there's also like some shards. Yeah. of candy and she like considers them very carefully and then just sticks her tongue out to get the shards <laughs> and then puts the drops back in yeah which is just like it's cute if it weren't so like 
you know, she's like Sad. rationing her drops. I know. And it's just like, it's cute, but also like this candy. poor child just buy her all the candy that she wants. Candy rations. Yeah. I know. And then later when they get back home, he fills the tin with hot water and shakes it up and then pours it into a cup for her. And she's like, oh, it's all the flavors together in yeah. this like fruit drop tea. And she's so delighted. It's so cute. And he's like, it's all for you. You drink all of that up. Yeah. And then we see their aunt being mad that they left dishes for her in the sink. And she says they're the worst kids ever. <laughs> kind of a leap. Right. Like, if you don't want to do the dishes, just go get Seta and be like, hey, do do your own dishes. Uh-huh. I'm sure that he would. Yeah. Because he went and bought his own stove. Yeah. Because you told him to. <sighs> but then we hear Setsuko crying. And so the aunt goes into their room and yells at both of them. Mm-hmm. She's like... Nobody here gets enough sleep with the air raid sirens going off all the time. You know, you need to keep her quiet. Yeah. He's asleep. Yeah. And he just like puts his hand on her. Yeah. Like, eh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then he he does get up and he takes Setsuko on a walk to keep her from crying. But then the air raid sirens go off again. Mm-hmm. So they run back into the house to get dressed and run toward the shelter. Yeah. It's kind of confusing because they're outside kind of in their pajamas and the air raid sirens go off and then we just see them running through the streets fully clothed. Yeah. And then we hear a voiceover. So yeah, I assume they run home and get dressed. Yeah. And then go to the shelter. But the voiceover we hear is their aunt chastising Seta for going to the shelter when he's old enough to go help fight yeah. the fires. Yeah, it's just her being like, aren't you old enough to fight fires? Yeah, going off to that shelter again, are you? And it's uh, mean. So then they're at this empty shelter together. Yeah. Just kind of carved into the side of a hill. Hmm. And Setsuko's like, I don't want to go back there. She's mean. Yeah. And Seta's like, well, we don't have anywhere else to go. Yeah, our home is gone. So then they're back at the house and he's playing like a little piano type instrument. Which is just in their room. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they're singing a song together, mm-hmm. which is very cute. Yeah. And their aunt is outside doing some gardening and she yells at them and is like, don't you know there's a war going on? Yeah. Like, shut up. You guys are so insufferable. You're a couple of pests. All you do is take and you never help. You can yeah. go live in the shelter for all I care. Yep. So Seta's like, you know what? Okay. <laughs> Let's just go live in the shelter we found. Okay. Nobody seems to be using it, and it seems sturdy, and it's near water, so fuck it. They're yeah. Live there. It's a really cute little place, and especially when you're a little kid. Yeah. How many times, like, You just my... find a little well, abandoned area, yeah. and you're like, I could live here. Like, I'm going to live in this little clearing. I tried to live in my treehouse when I was a kid. Yeah. I was like, I'm running away from home, and I went and slept in my treehouse. In your own backyard? <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I obviously didn't see this as a child, but- my first grade teacher was upset, probably still is obsessed with the boxcar children mm-hmm. to the point where she was like, I want to be buried with my copy of the boxcar children. Oh. And, you know, same thing where you're like, yeah, yeah, I could go live in a boxcar and yeah. make my own food and blah, blah, blah. Like, no. How hard can it be? I'm too soft. But especially <laughs> this place. Yeah. It's got a nice roof. It has yeah. two doors. Mm-hmm. It has a beautiful tree. There's, yeah, water right in front of them seems yeah. like a great place to go live and they feel at this point too like you know food is harder to come by but they do still have money so they can yeah you know buy food and it's warm outside and it's warm yeah so like why not why not yep so they pack up all their stuff and Seta says you know we've bothered you long enough we'll be going now mm-hmm. and he has like a wagon that he's packed all their stuff on mm-hmm. 
and she asks him where they're going and he's like, well, we haven't decided. And she's like, okay, well, bye. Yep. Yeah, she just lets these children that are related to her Mm -hmm. wander off. They say, oh, we have no plans. And she's like, well, good luck. She doesn't even say good luck. She just says bye. Yeah. Which, and I know (sighs) there's a lot of things and I'm sure we'll talk about it, but it's just like, it feels like a larger commentary on just like the Japanese mindset of like country first and like don't complain and you know everybody has to sacrifice for like the larger ideal yeah and so she yeah she doesn't have any room for just empathy for these literal children right yeah and not even you know not that it a child is a child but like this is her family yeah you know i know she doesn't hang out with them a lot but like these are her brother's children so like and she knows that her brother is probably dead, too, because he hasn't written back. Yeah. I mean, unless it's her husband's brother's children, and then they're even farther removed from her. I don't know, but still, they're But kids. even still, yeah, yeah. You, you guys are family. Like, these kids need somebody. Yeah. You know, once things stop getting bombs dropped on them, then, you know, it might be like, okay, well, you guys gotta go now, because I can't, like... But, like, times yeah. is hard. And, yeah. like, literal bombs are falling from the sky. Or even some guidance. <laughs> Just at a moment's notice. You know, of being like, hey, so-and-so died and that house is empty. Go yeah. live over there. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, any Something. sort of help. Anything. <laughs> nope. She's just like, well, thank God you guys aren't going to be around anymore. Yeah. So they go to the shelter and they put all their stuff there and Seta hides the box mm-hmm. underneath the bench. And then he takes the wagon back to the old man and... They're like, also, we'd like to buy some food and some straw from you. And he's yeah. like, hell yeah. Yep. And then the next bit is super cute. Oh, my God. They it's so cute. are like unpacking into their little house and they've they're making food together and preparing it. And they've gathered all their little supplies. And then they sit on the bank of this little lake and eat their dinner together and look out over the sunset. And it's yeah. so beautiful and cute. And it made me want to just run away to <laughs> an abandoned bomb shelter. Right. And then later that night, Setsuko complains that it's too dark in their shelter. Yeah. And so Seta's like, well, hang on. And he goes out and catches a couple fireflies and they bring them in and like inside the mosquito net. Yeah. And then he's like, damn, I wonder how many we can catch. And so they go get a whole bucket full. Yeah. And let them free, which (laughs) I love fireflies. They're beautiful and adorable. And I love to see them out over a field. Yeah. But crawling with bugs is still crawling with bugs, and their house is now crawling with bugs. Yeah. It's but gross. they're just fireflies. I suppose. It's cute. It is cute. I just don't want them on my face. So they're laying there, and Seta tells Setsuko the story of the naval review that he saw, because all of the fireflies remind him of like the fireworks from the naval review, and how cool it was, and then he sings a song about it, and he kind of <laughs> pretends to be a soldier for a second. Yeah. But then it just makes him really sad because yeah. it kind of like all catches up to him. And then he says, I wonder where dad is. Setsuko is fully passed out at this point. Yep. And he rolls over to hug her, but she's like, get off me. It's hot. Yeah. <laughs> and he rolls back onto his own side and he's sad about it. I know. He's all curled up into himself and he just looks so sad. Yeah. Uh, the next morning, <laughs> we see Setsuko digging a little hole and Seta's like, what you got there? And she's like, bugs and they are it's all the fireflies that he caught and put in the mosquito net and they're all dead yeah she makes them a little grave she says yes i dug a grave and she's shoveling the bugs in there 
by the handfuls. And she's like, you know, like mom went into, mom's in a grave. Yeah, auntie told me. And Seta has this like flashback of seeing his mom tossed on the pile of all the other bodies. And so that's really upsetting for him. Mm-hmm. But he kind of like wipes his tears and tells Setsuko, you know, when things are better, we'll go to her grave and we'll visit it and I'll show you where she is and how beautiful it is. Yeah. And, and then Setsuko says, why do fireflies have to die so soon? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like fully weeping at this part. Yeah. This part is so sad. I know. Just the like, uh, the juxtaposition of them being like, okay, we're on we're on our own. We're going to be able to take care of ourselves like we're doing it. Yeah. But then accidentally like causing this destruction of all of these fireflies. Yeah. And then the gravity of Setsuko understanding that her mom is dead. Yeah. It was just like, ugh. <laughs> it just it was all at once. I was just like, I'm weeping. Yeah. <laughs> In my house. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine. Oof. <sighs> it's fine. Mm-hmm. Later we see <laughs> that some kids have found their shelter and they're like poking around in it. Yeah. They're like, ew, who eats this stuff? Yeah. They're like, I would never eat this stuff. Right. Oh, I thought the food that I got at home was gross, but this is even worse. Than wow. But they've also, you see that like they've grown plants in the shape of Setsuko's name. Yeah. And they like read it and they're like, oh, weird. It's a Setsuko. And yeah. it's just like. Their little house is just so cute. I know, and they have a swing, and they've got, like, a little line for their laundry. Yeah. Yeah. I was worried that these boys were going to, like, destroy stuff, but they yeah. just kind of poke around a little mm-hmm. bit, and then one of them is like, this place is for sure haunted, and they all go running off. They, like, spook each other, and they go running away. Yeah. But the reason that no one is home is because Seta is asking the farmer if he can buy some rice from him, but the farmer says... He he's like I'm a farmer and I don't even have any rice. Right. And he tells Seta that he needs to swallow his pride and just go back to his aunt's house and apologize. Yeah. And Seta's like, "Well, thanks anyway. I'll just go ask someone else." Yeah. This is kind of the part where I was still sad. Yeah. But I started getting mad. Yes. There's a lot of things to be mad at. Yes. Oh, yeah. But I also wonder if, even if he did go back to his aunt's house and apologize and she let them stay there again, wouldn't mean that she would have more food either. No, that's true. The rations would still be yeah, assigned the way that they are. It's true. But I don't know. It isn't so much an issue. It, it is a little confusing because we do see people who like like those kids that are like, I would never eat this. Yeah. And you would think that those kids would be going through the same, like, shortage and hardship. Right. As the rest of the families around them. Yeah. But it does seem like every now and then you see people who are, like, it almost seems like they're not experiencing this yeah, same Yeah, like they're war. doing fine. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I don't know if we're supposed to pick up on them being, like, a different class mm-hmm. or what. It's kind of not clear. Yeah. But... I mean, when they were at their aunt's house, they were running out of food, too. It's true. I just... I don't know. I I feel feel like she would have done something. I almost feel like the aunt would have just let them starve also. Oh, maybe. Maybe so. She sucked. Yeah, she does. Anyway. Yeah, so yeah. He says, we'll just go ask 
someone else. And so they're walking away and a plane comes down and it's just like shooting just through the Through path. the fields. Yeah. yeah. Where people. Just at. Just people doing their jobs. Literal children. Mm-hmm. So people are diving out of what. Diving out of the way. And Seta and Setsuko like dive into this field of crops. And he's. While they're in there. He's like. Oh shit. Tomatoes. And just starts jamming them in his face. Yeah. Which fair. And then. Later we see. Setsuko running. And she's got like a couple potatoes in her hand. And she runs into a guy. And drops them. And is like. Oh shit. And she picks them <laughs> back up. Runs off again. Yeah. Um. And then outside the shelter, Seta is combing Setsuko's hair, and she does not look great. Her no. whole back is chewed up by bugs, yeah. and she, you can see her ribs like under her shoulder blades, and like mm-hmm. all her bones are poking out a little bit. And he tells her, you know, even if you don't like the food, you still have to eat it. Yeah. Because it's all we have. Mm-hmm. And she's like i don't feel good and i've been having diarrhea yeah. and she's just so like you can tell she doesn't want to complain and she doesn't want to tell him about it but, but she's, she's like, also like just tired yeah and five yeah and she's like you know that's why i haven't been eating because everything makes me feel bad and then Seta goes and tries to steal some more crops to feed her because she's sick you know yeah. but he gets caught and the man follows him back to their shelter like all the way where he sees that Seta also stole some yams mm-hmm. and so Seta is like I'm so sorry you know I won't do it again I'm just my sister is sick and she just needs food you know yeah and the guy's like yeah tell it to the cops yeah and he beats the shit out of him yeah the skinny little scrawny kid who has you know he's like this is a felony offense stealing crops during wartime you know and you're just a terrible person. And it's like, he's a skinny little child. Right. And how can you, like, okay, even if you're so heartless that you're like, oh, this 13-year-old boy, you know, he should be able to take care of himself. He should be, ha- have a job, whatever. He chases him back to their shelter where Zetsuko is standing there and she's a five-year-old girl and her arms are so skinny and, like, her little face is getting really skinny. And it's yeah. like, look at this child. Yeah, and she you're going to tell me, like, visibly sick. Yeah. You're going to take that away from her? He stole, like, three yams and, like, one sugar cane yeah. stock. Yeah. That's it. It's not like, you know, he's piling them up in a wheelbarrow and running right with them. He like, didn't break in your house and steal your jewelry. Right. You know? He's trying to cure his sister. Right. But he takes him to the cops, and thankfully... Yeah. The police officer is like, all right, I've heard both of your stories, and I will take it from here. And the farmer is like oh, aren't you going to throw him in jail? I want to see him prosecuted. And the cop is like, you pretty much like assaulted this child. Mm-hmm. So you need to leave or I'm going to charge you with assault. Yeah, I'd say it's about even. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the cop lets Seta go and he walks around the corner and then he sees that Setsuko followed him there and he just starts crying and she's hugging him and she's like, are you sick? Are you hurt? Do I need to take you to a doctor? Uh, <laughs> I know. I know. It's so sad. And he's crying because he can't help her. But also he's ashamed, you know, that he got caught stealing. Yeah. Got he's, in trouble. He feels did guilty. Wrong. Yeah. Yep. I I don't think he did anything wrong. Well. Did Fuck that guy. But wrong. He, fell, he feels like he yes. did. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> So now it's 
like another day, the sun is out mm-hmm. and we hear an air raid siren and another day, another air raid. Uh-huh. We just see Saita using the distraction of everyone holed up in the shelter to run through their house and steal shit. Hell yeah. He's like taking kimonos out of drawers and just anything that looks, you know, valuable. kind of valuable. Yeah. yeah. And stealing some food when he can get his hands on it and takes it back to the shelter. And Satsuko just looks, she's just so pathetic looking. Yeah. She's just laying in bed. Yeah. And, and just so sad. She doesn't want to eat, but he's like, here, I'll help you. And he picks her up and is like feeding her pumpkin. He's like, this pumpkin's really good and it'll help you feel better. You yeah. Know? And she, so she eats it. And then. Again, another air raid, more firebomb, more firebombing, more stealing. He's really stoked because he's found like a lot of stuff that he can hopefully sell yeah. to get money for it. Yeah. To buy food with. And so he runs back. He's got a flashlight. He's got his like own shirt is just stuffed with kimonos up in it. Yeah. And he gets back. And in the meantime, Setsuko wakes up and she can't find Seta. And she's just wandering around going, Seta? The tiniest voice. Seta. She's probably worried that he got arrested again. Yeah. But we see him in the village trying to trade the stuff that he stole for food, but no one will take it because there just isn't any food right now. Right. They're like, this isn't valuable. Right. I don't want that either. Yeah. I also need some rice. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets back to the shelter and he can't find Setsuko anywhere and he finds her doll but he can't find her mm-hmm. and then he finally finds her and she's wandered off into a nearby field and is just laying there and she looks dead and he's freaking out and then she wakes up yeah so he finally takes her to a doctor mm-hmm. which is good yes kind of yeah the doctor is very rude I mean the idea is good but it turns out it doesn't help and he says that she's suffering from malnutrition and Seta is like, okay, well, can you give us some medicine for it? And he's yeah. like, she doesn't need medicine. She just needs food. Right. And Seta's like, well, where am I supposed to get food? Yeah. He just yelled. The doctor's like, next patient. And he's just like, Seta starts to walk off. And he's just like, no, where where am I supposed to get this? You know, he's just yeah. like yelling at him. And the guy's like, that's not my fucking problem, dude. Like, yeah. I can't help you. There's this like weird stoicism, too, of everybody mm-hmm. in this movie of like, I mean, if you're going to starve because you don't have food you just do it you don't complain about it don't make a scene yeah just go find something go figure it out yeah or just die don't make it my problem Mm -hmm. yeah don't Mm -hmm. it's yeah oh it's so frustrating Mm -hmm. also i don't know that she is suffering from malnutrition i mean maybe some of it is but like he's getting enough food right and it and it might just be the way the scenes are cut, but it seems like he has stolen a bunch of food. They show a lot of scenes of them eating. Yeah, and it seems to be, you know, relatively healthy. You know, he's like, I brought you this pumpkin. It's not like all he can find for her is like Twinkies and she really needs an orange. You know, it's right. like she has scurvy. Yeah. Like, he's feeding her the same thing that she's eating, but maybe she's just not getting enough. I almost wonder if she doesn't have like, s- like caught something from one of the mosquitoes or she has like dysentery from the yeah. water that they're near. Right. It seems like she's got like some she kind of stomach bug. and She's, she's not absorbing mm-hmm. the nutrients because she's probably had diarrhea for a month. And... Right. Just dehydrated and yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too because yeah, he's bringing her food and he, I mean, he also looks, you know, skinnier than when he started out, but he's not going through this same he's able to run you yeah know, through houses and yeah and all that so 
something else is going on with her and she probably does need medicine yeah but also it wouldn't hurt does does the doctor have it do they yeah, have the money to pay not. for it you know just like all that so. what nobody in this whole movie apologizes nobody is like i'm sorry that your mom's dead i'm sorry that yeah there isn't any food i'm sorry that your sister is sick nobody everybody's like your mom is dead yeah there's no food yeah your sister is sick yep statements yep no emotion got nothing to do with me though <sighs> yeah so we see there's like a guy delivering ice blocks to people which yeah. this too i mean it's just you know like i know that food is kind of scarce but people are still getting some people are still going about their jobs and they're getting this like ice delivered to them. i just don't know like, like yeah. you were saying where it's like it feels like some people are not as affected as other people which i know is true about any like any yeah. war or tragedy or anything like that some people will just continue to live their lives but it's just like so it's not complete devastation so people could help out a little bit more and they yeah. just aren't no not their problem i guess <sighs> i guess you would think i don't know you would think a lot of things you would think there would be at least an orphanage for right you know the kids whose parents have died in the war and maybe you know Seta and setsuko don't know about it but an adult should be like hey Here's a place you two can go. Yeah. You know, the farmer suggests go back to your aunt's house and apologize to her. But that's the only suggestion he has. Yeah. So he's not like, you know, there, there may not to be other displaced children. Yeah, there may not be. I mean, there are. We see them at the beginning and the end where he, well, where yeah, Seta dies. Also like dying in the train station. All those kids are all just orphans. Yeah. And they're just, ugh, makes me angry. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, so this ice man is delivering, because he cut ice, there's, like, a pile of, like, ice chips that's melting. And so Seta, like, scoops up the ones off the top and gives them to Setsuko, you know. And it's just like, I promise I'll never leave you again. I'm going to go back to the bank and I'm going to take all of mom's money out so we'll have money to buy food. Everything will be fine. And this is the point where I was just like, I mean, <laughs> I know that their aunt sucked a lot. Yeah. And she was really mean, but she does have this added strain of two children that she wasn't expecting to take care of. Right. And her husband is gone. Who knows if he's coming back? And there are bombs being dropped, you know, all the time. The air raid sirens are always going off. So it's a very tense situation. And she's probably not a very nice lady to begin with. Yeah, she doesn't seem very fun at parties. And it is frustrating to me that, I mean, she could have said it, but Seta also didn't offer to help around the house at all. He's just kind of there. I understand that he doesn't want to go help fight the fires because he doesn't want to leave his little sister behind because they're right. literally all each other has. Yeah. But he could have stayed in the house and been like, what is it that I can do to kind of help earn my keep around here? Yeah. Can I wash the dishes? Do you want me to do the laundry? Like yeah. things that he could have done. And he doesn't offer that up and she doesn't suggest it. She just is mad at him until they feel like they should leave I don't because know. they're imposing right hey i don't know if he has the the wherewithal as a young boy to know yeah that this situation is as dire as it is yeah i also don't know how strong the gender roles were at this point if the idea of him helping with things around the house wouldn't even cross his mind right like i don't know yeah if that's why he didn't think to offer to, to offer, help yeah. yeah or why yeah. she didn't ask because yeah. her she never asks help around the house she's like why don't you have a job why don't you fight fires it's never like 
Right, you could do domestic this. things. Yeah, and she gets mad that he leaves the dishes in the sink, but she doesn't say to him, "Hey, you need to clean up your own dishes." And hey, while you're at it, right. why don't you do everybody's dishes, and I'll continue to feed you? Like, yes. it's just it's just there that there are such obvious solutions yeah. to this problem, but yeah. nobody is enacting them. Right. And I know I'm all of the blame and responsibility gets put on like a 13 year old boy who's lost true. both his parents suddenly and has to try and keep a five year old alive, and right. a doctor. Yeah. Told him that all she needs is food. Right. So he thinks all I have to do is feed her. That's true, too. I just, I don't know. I I don't have such a strong sense of, like, self-preservation either. And yeah. so, like, as a child, I would just be like, you know, okay, I have to suck up my pride to help my little sister, who is clearly, like, beyond my capability of helping her. In right. my care, she has gotten to this point. Yeah. And so I need to find some way but of, I don't- like... I think you're seeing it as his pride, and I think that it is more, he just doesn't know. Yeah. But, I mean, that is an option. It is presented to him as an option. Yeah. Go back to her house and say you're sorry, and he's just like, no. I mean, I do wish that he had tried it. I know. Me too. But That I would have made me feel better if she'd yeah. have been like, no, get fucked. But he doesn't yeah. even I don't entertain think it as an option. that it would have worked. He's yeah. just like, I'll just go... I can fix it. Else, I guess I can yeah. fix it. I can fix it. I'm the man of the house. I'm the one who has to take care of it. I know. It's just it shouldn't be on him. No. Obviously, yeah. like it should never have gotten to that point, and they shouldn't. She shouldn't have been to that. She shouldn't have been as mean as she was to these children. But I'm just like, can you just try? <laughs> like, please. Yeah. Even if he doesn't want to go live there, you know, just be like, hey, can you take care of her? Like, I'll I'll leave you alone. Yeah. He's, you know, obviously doing okay, but I don't know. I just don't want her to die. Well, so here here he has gone to the bank and he takes out all of their money. But while he's there, he overhears some dudes talking about how the war is over. Japan has surrendered unconditionally. And Seita turns to them and is like, oh, does that mean that the Navy is coming back? The fleet is coming home. Mm-hmm. And the guys are like, oh, no, you haven't heard? They're all at the bottom of the sea. The entire fleet has been sunk. Yeah. And Seita freaks out. Yeah. And is yelling in the bank and yeah. is like, does this mean that my dad is dead? Like yeah. what? Right. What does that, isn't anybody tell me anything? And the guy's like, I don't know you. So I don't know if your dad is dead or not, buddy. But they're also rude to him. Yeah. He's a child. No one has any empathy in this whole fucking movie. With no parents who just <sighs> asked, like, is my father dead? And they're like, I don't know. Don't touch me. Yeah. They're like, ew, get away. Basically. Rather than being like, Hey man, if your dad was in the Navy, the chances are that he has died, and I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thank you for, you know, your father's service. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. No, they're like, actually get fucked. Right? <laughs> Gross. So anyway, then Seita runs back to the shelter and sees Setsuko lying on the bed, just holding the little fruit drop tin. Mm. And she has marbles in her mouth because they're out of fruit drops. Yeah. She's just singing. Yeah, and she's so, she's just bones at this point. Yeah. She's filthy. And she's like, oh, Seta, I'm glad you're here. I made this for you. Are you going to eat it? And she hands him a rock. And yeah. he's like, what? And she's like, it's rice balls. I made rice balls for you. And he's just like, okay, <laughs> great. So then he pulls all this stuff. He's like, I brought you this watermelon. You know, you can have the whole thing. He like cuts a slice for her, but he's like, I'm just going to leave it right here. I'm going to go make dinner. Like, I'll be right back. I've got eggs and chicken, you know, and rice, and I'm going to make, like, a whole dinner for us. And 
you you can have this whole watermelon and then he leaves her and then she just kind of passes out and never wakes up again yeah there's a little voiceover and he's like she just never woke up yeah and she just died yeah which is like (sighs) it's not fair it's not fair he brought eggs and chicken and right he brought like he did the best he could and like probably enough Mm -hmm. you know but her her little body just Just been through too much couldn't take it so he lays there next to her (laughs) while there's a storm outside and then he goes and gets charcoal from the man for her burial mm-hmm. and the guy's like well you know since she's a child you should really do it in a temple mm-hmm. and <laughs> Saito's like okay well I'm not gonna mm-hmm. Japan is getting put back together and everything's starting to look nice again but inside the shelter everything is dark and sad and yeah there's cobwebs the watermelon is just rotting on the floor and there's like ants all over yeah. it yeah the swing is broken yeah and then we get the saddest little ghost montage <sighs> of setsuko running around doing chores and playing and helping and swinging on the swing and swinging, watching the ants crawl around and doing little five-year-old girl stuff <laughs> pretending to be a little soldier with like a bowl on her head and just oh, wearing somebody else's boots god and- she's running around with like a little sheet laughing at herself yeah having a good time just giggling so Zayda takes all of her things and puts them in the box with her body but he keeps the fruit drop tin and puts Mm -hmm. it in his pocket and then takes her up to this big old hill and sets it on fire and just sits there with it all day Yeah, I mean like until the stars come out yeah and it's just embers. And then he puts her ashes in the fruit drop tin and leaves the hill and says he never went back to the shelter. And then I guess he just wanders around until he dies because that's the end. Yeah. He just he probably tried to go to Tokyo to find his family because he's in a subway station. Yeah. And the, Maybe so. the city that they were in wasn't big enough for that. Yeah. So he probably tried to find the rest of his family and just didn't know how or where to find them. Yeah. So... Just died in the subway. I know. That's wild, like, to think about. Because, I mean, yeah, if I think about myself, like, now, well, now I'm an adult. But it would be a lot easier for me to contact other family members if something happened to my family. Yeah. But at this time period where he's like, I mean, I know I have aunts and uncles, but I don't know where they are or how to get in touch with them. In Tokyo? Yeah. It's a big-ass city. Right. Like, I'm in in Kobe. Like, I'm in a completely different place. Like... Yeah. And there's a war fucking happening, you know? It's not just like, I'll just go over there and start knocking on doors. Like... (laughs) I'll just go over there. (sighs) It's too much. It's too much. It is too much. I... This all could have been solved if their mom had been like, listen, if anything happens to me, here's yes. how to get in touch. You need an ice list. Yeah. Which she should have had. Yeah, ready to go. Because, again. It was a war. There was a war happening. There was a war. Ugh. It's so sad. It's so sad. I know. And I don't mean to be mad at Seta. I just. I mean, it's just a shitty situation all around and i'm sure it It happened to more than one kid i know i think i just went into it thinking that they had absolutely no options Mm -hmm. and that is not the case yeah not that the options are good by any means but i'm just like you didn't even try i mean he tried 
he just there was just one thing that he didn't try he tried yeah. everything else yeah yeah i know yeah. yeah it's mostly her fault well it's mostly you know um it's a lot of people's fault <laughs> but she should have been nicer everybody should have like one minute of compassion would have been tight yeah the cop was nice sort of he was like i'll let you go yeah <laughs> he wasn't like oh i see you were stealing food do you need some help yeah my wife and i have an extra potato <laughs> it's fine anyway replay everyone no i don't know yeah i don't know it was really pretty to look at it was it was beautifully done yeah maybe if i would watch it again if i was just like i just want to be sad yeah like if i'm like i'm i'm gonna wallow in this Mm -hmm. bad feeling about humanity yep (laughs) then yes i would watch it again but never just be like i have just such an urge on this beautiful (laughs) sunny day to ruin my disposition right see that's kind of how i feel about sad things because i'm like i'm either i'm in a great mood i don't need to be sad or i'm already sad i don't need to make it worse right i'm like i don't i very rarely i'm like this is i have to be in the perfect perfect mood for a sad movie where i'm like yeah let's just push this over the edge yeah love to wallow but (laughs) i mean i can definitely see like some time from now yeah i think it's too fresh right now oh yeah i'm like i don't watch it ever again but it, it was really good. Yeah. And so I think I would watch it again. Yeah. Uh, at some point. Uh... So my real question is. <laughs> yes. How many times did it make you cry? Oh, God. There was the time with the fireflies made me like sob. Yeah. But I feel like probably four or five other times I like had tears in my eyes. Yeah. You know, I got a little like choked up. Yeah. Only one time was I like. I hope no one walks in right now. <laughs> the parts that got me the worst were were the little like montage at the end of like Setsuko oh, yeah. just running around the shelter. Yeah, I definitely cried at, at that. Yeah, and then closer to the beginning when she's just standing there by herself crying about their mom. Yeah, and there's no one to comfort her. Yeah, it just made me so sad. How she's she just looks like she's trying physically to hold it in. Yeah. You know, or she's because, like, if I just hold myself hard enough, I won't cry. That's because it's their culture. I You're know. not supposed to, like, show that emotion, I guess. She's a baby. I don't know enough about Japanese culture. I hope it's gotten better since then. I mean, I feel like Americans were probably pretty similar at that time, too. We've never been good at showing emotions. No. So. Just be tough. Humans suck. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Uh, it came out April sixteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Nice. Um, the, uh, the budget is some question, question marks. marks. Yeah, at least ten dollars. <laughs> uh, it made one point seven billion yen in Japan when yeah. it got released, which is the equivalent in today's money of fourteen million, almost fourteen point seven million dollars. Oh shit! And then it also had a limited theatrical release in the United States, where it made five hundred and sixteen thousand. Nice. It did really well. Yeah. It just didn't see a lot of theater time in the mm. United States. Um, it has a one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oof. Yeah, which is it's interesting. This is twice now in this month that this has happened because yeah. Old Yeller also a hundred percent. Yeah. So the trick is to make people cry a lot, and they'll be like, "This is the best movie I've ever seen." <laughs> I can't. Why can I say that's bad? Right. I'm crying. They just feel better afterwards. And yeah. So they're like just ready to give all the glowing reviews. Um, no, everybody loves this movie. Uh, total film 
ranked at number 12 on their list of 50 greatest animated films. Nice. Time Out, I assume is a magazine. Sure. Rated at number 10 in the 50 greatest World War II movies list. Nice. Empire Magazine rated at number 6 in its list of the top 10 depressing movies. Oh, I wonder what the other ones are. USA Today ranked it number one on their 100 best animated movies of all time. And Roger Ebert even put it on his list of great movies. Wow. That's capital G, capital M, great movies. He has um, like a little over 300 of them in all of the movies that he's seen. He's like, these movies are great. Oh. And that one is on there. He also gave it four stars, which is the first time that that has happened. Yeah. In in the cave. The cave. Yeah. Damn. I think we've gotten to three and a half, but this is the first four star movie that we have ever Shit. encountered. Um, and I mean, his his whole review is just like, it's just really nice to yeah. read. Yeah. He said, one of the film's greatest gifts is its patience. Shots are held so we can think about them. Characters are glimpsed in private moments. Atmosphere and nature are given time to establish themselves, which is true. The, yeah. It's. That's a really good, yeah. It, it's not slow, but yeah, you just get to hold on to these things for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then when he wraps it up, he says, because it's animated and from Japan, Grave of the Fireflies has been little seen. When anime fans say how good the film is, nobody takes them seriously. Now that it's available on DVD with a choice of subtitles or English dubbing, maybe it will find the attention it deserves. Yes, it's a cartoon and the kids have eyes like saucers, but it belongs on any list of the greatest war films ever made. Do they have eyes like saucers? They just look like people. They just look like people. They don't look like anime characters. Great big anime eyes. (laughs) I wouldn't even call this an anime. It is an animated movie. Right. Well, that I mean, that is just anime is just the Japanese word for cartoon. I know, but. But there is a certain style associated. Yeah. Yeah. And this is definitely just like, this is just a cartoon. Yeah. They just look like people. I don't know. Sad, sad, sad people. Uh, I thought this was really interesting because of the discussion that we just had. It says, after the international release, it has been noted that different audiences have interpreted the film differently due to differences in culture. Mm -hmm. For instance, when the film was watched by a Japanese audience, Seita's decision to not come back to his aunt was seen as an understandable decision, as they were able to understand how Seita has been raised to value pride in himself and his country. But American and Australian audiences were more likely to perceive the decision as unwise due to the cultural differences in order to try not to save his sister and himself. Yeah. Which I'm definitely an American, and I'm like, man... (laughs) grovel or whatever like whatever you have to do it's temporary you know this war can't last forever but yeah but when you're 13 everything lasts her forever. falling apart and dying is yeah uh permanent yeah so. i'm glad that that yeah somebody pointed it out that a japanese audience understood because it was a cultural thing yeah yep um so it's based on a true story <laughs> which makes it even worse yeah of course it is this guy named akiyuko akiyuki Akiyuki Nasaka, yes, who was orphaned in World War II and then went to live with an adoptive family. And then his adoptive father was killed in the Navy and his adoptive little sister died of malnutrition, mm-hmm. which he carried a bunch of guilt about because it was a lot of times his job to try and like go out and scrounge for food. Yeah. And he said a lot of times when he found it, he would have every intention of bringing half of it home to her and then he would just eat it because he was so hungry. Yeah. And then, you know, he was just like, then there just wasn't enough. So I wondered if that was maybe like a little bit of like, we weren't seeing that in the movie where Seto was like eating it on his way home and then then she just wasn't getting enough food. Maybe, yeah. Because yeah, like you said, like he's bringing her good things to eat. Mm 
Um, but maybe she's just not getting enough. I don't know. But I also do think that she had something else going on. She's I think so covered too. in mosquito bites. Yeah. So. But yeah, so he just felt super guilty about it. And then he wrote a short story called Grave of the Fireflies in 1967 to honor her memory. And then they made it into a movie in the 80s. Which mm -hmm. (laughs) It got distributed at the same time as My Neighbor Totoro. Interesting. Because Miyazaki really wanted to make Totoro. And the studio was like, nah. (laughs) The film just kept getting rejected. And they were like, well, what if we pair it with this other movie? Yeah. And Ghibli, like Studio Ghibli's parent company was like, okay, well, if we tie Totoro in with Grave of the Fireflies, we can recommend them both as this package for students that it's educational. Ah. And so that way we can push Totoro because otherwise we can't push it if it's on its own. And then the guy, Nosaka, who wrote the original story was the one who like, picked up the funding and was like i will help you make totoro and we can just put these movies together i like the idea we'll put them together yeah but then (laughs) what's kind of shitty is that they would screen them together and they played my neighbor totoro first and then people will be like that movie was really delightful and i know that the movie that comes next is sad so i'm gonna leave now while i feel great yeah so i'm like man he funded this movie and then nobody stuck around to watch yeah they should have put fireflies first yes and then you have a pick me up. A bunch of reasons. Yeah. yeah. So that people would stick around and watch it. And yeah, so they could still leave the theater feeling great having seen both of these films. But so a lot of people kind of skipped over it, which is a bummer. Also, because they were produced at the same time by the same studio, a lot of the animators were like, I forget which movie I worked on. Oh, <laughs> I was just there and I drew some stuff. And yeah. They all came out together. Was there a giant cat or no? <laughs> <laughs> were they on the train or the cat bus? Right. Apparently, if you take one of the original posters, it's got, like, the kids' faces on it, and then it has, like, a bunch of fireflies around them. Mm -hmm. But if you take it and you up the saturation, some of the fireflies are actually bombs. And one of the clouds in the background is actually a B-29 bomber plane. And so it's just, like, these hidden, like, terrible things, which is very interesting, (laughs) but also very sad. I cry. I know. But I'll leave you on an adorable high note. Yes. Tell me. That the girl who played Setsuko was five. If you tell me that she got murdered by her father. Would that be a high note, Bucket Snake? (laughs) Would I lie to you like that? Would I lure you into this trap? (laughs) I feel lured. No. Uh, Her name is Ayano Shiraishi. Yeah, that looks right. I feel like Japanese is like fairly easy as long as you break it down. Yeah. Ayano Shiraishi is what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she worked, she was like presented by this acting company who brought her, but she only said, my name is Ayano Shiraishi. I am five years old because that was the only thing that they coached her to say and like got her to recite because they were like, she's too young. She's never going to get the part. So that was the only thing that the director heard. And he was like, she's perfect. I want her. She's so cute. So she's just like, hi, it's me. I'm five. And he was like, sold. You're in. (laughs) Which is so cute. That is very cute. Yes. Happy. As far as I know, she's fine. (laughs) I'm not going to look into it. I'm just going to assume that she's. I remember happiness. Doing great. She's like, you know. 38 years old, living her life. Yeah. Doing great. So, yeah. That's, uh, that's all I got. Uh, that one was so rough. That's all I can got. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it anymore. 
I'm glad it exists because yeah. I do think a lot of World War II movies can glamorize, mm-hmm. you know, the the fighting and and the yeah. war and the heroism and you know, yeah. But a lot of there are a lot of just like people trying to just live. Yep, their lives. Yeah, the guy who directed this movie said, you know, this isn't even necessarily an anti-war movie. It's yeah. just a movie about these kids. Yeah, just you know, just struggling. Like just happened. Yep, something that happened. Sometimes war just happens, but there are people who suffer because of it. That it has nothing to do with them. So. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Hmm. I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad. Woohoo! Uh huh. Um, All right. Only one more week of March yeah, sadness. We just, we just got. We just got one more. Let's go. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people what we're going to be talking about next week before we get out of here? A young, recently orphaned girl is sent to England after living in India all of her life. Once there, she begins to explore her new, seemingly isolated surroundings and its secrets. We did that one last year. It was called <laughs> a Little Princess. <laughs> a little Princess. <laughs> what the fuck? Now I think this one's different. A little bit. Guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. All right. Well, if you guys want to come talk to us or yell at us for continuing this terrible concept that we keep doing every year for some reason, yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Replay Rewind Podcast, Twitter at Replay Rewind Pod. You can email us at Replay Rewind Podcast at gmail.com. There's a Tumblr around there somewhere with the same handle, but pff, nobody looks at that. <laughs> it's there. Yeah, and if you go to our Instagram, there is a link in our bio that will give you all the links to all the other things. You can buy cute little merch you can join our patreon you can see our coffee page where you can buy individual episodes if you don't want to subscribe to the whole ass patreon but you should yeah there's some good stuff on there and we'll send you a sticker and we'll tell everybody listening how great you are absolutely how good your hair looks Ooh, it does look good right wait don't give away for free If you want to check out the other episodes, they're on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. If you have a favorite like podcast app and it's not on there, message us about it. We'll see if we can get on there. We'll do that for you because we love you. And if you have the ability to like or subscribe or share, please do those things. Rate us. Give us good rating. Tell your friends about us. Tell your mom about us. Mm-hmm. Tell your World War II veteran <laughs> great-grandpa about <laughs> Enthusiastic us. Enthusiastic friend. Oh, yeah, your great-grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, but in the meantime, stay fresh, cheese bags. And don't forget to reduce, reuse, recycle, replay, and rewind. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.